Episode 353, Global from Asia, talking digital transformation. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. What do you think, Jed? In this podcast, we are going to show and let the listeners get a taste of what happened in the last CBM in panel two, talking about the future of e-commerce and internet. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's really exciting. I mean, it's so great we're getting to share with people that couldn't make it to the CBM, these these sessions. And we had some great people there. I mean, these panels were jam-packed with some amazing people. So do you, who are, who are some of the people that were on the panel? Yeah, we have Catherine Shen, Andy Lee, Luciana Drammer, John Cavendish, Susan Falola, Helena Lusick. I don't think Helena Lusick made it to yeah, the yeah. panels because of internet issues. And we have Christian Galliardo. Christian was great. He was in South America. It was awesome. We had Christian tearing. So yeah, so people can tune in. And we also link to their pro. We have a GFA VIP uh, member network profile pages for them. People can check out more about these amazing people. And we, uh, we talked about like how people have adjusted during the, during COVID, you know, with their e-commerce business, we've talked about some of the blockchain things and some of the uh, amazing new trends that are coming out from the new normal. Right. (laughs) Okay. Let's dive into the panel two of CBM 2021. Let's do it. And then after the, afterwards, we'll talk about the next CBM and some other, some boot camps and stuff afterwards in our blah 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 session so let's tune in all right and of course thank you to our sponsor our gfa yearly partner mercury.com and online application solution for a real u.s bank account to help our e-commerce sellers and traders from around the world right yeah it's amazing Yes, thank you so much mercury for always supporting the initiatives of global from asia yeah, it's great. And we also have a bonus for people to sign up with our, our link. We also get a small bonus too if you use it and it will help give you a little bit of a boost in your in your new business at globalfromasia.com slash mercury. A really amazing lineup today. So we're in panel two, everyone. This is going to be about some trends in the future of e-commerce and the internet. And I'm going to share the Google Doc again. Uh, that seemed to help last time in the channel. And everyone should be able to open this. All right, Chris is still here. I know it's late for him. Adam, thank you. All right, so we have, I hope we have everybody up here, but let's get started. Andy Lee, I see him right here front and center on my screen. So Andy, do you want to, and thank you for your sponsorship at Ecom Universe. Thank you so much for that. Do you yeah, want to give everybody so thank a- Thank you, please? Andy. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, do you want to give us an introduction of yourself and, and what you do? Hey guys. Um. You you will seldom see me uh, on, on camera that is like so bad because uh, I'm currently now quarantined in uh, Taiwan. So today is my last day of uh, quarantine, so I'll be going to Singapore to the students as well in Southeast Asia or Hong Kong, Taiwan. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me to this Thank you. Sorry, Andy. I think you're, you're on. Is it Sorry, just me, or or the you guys can't hear him clearly as well? Can, can you hear me clearly? Yeah, it's the line is cutting off. Okay, um, I'm so sorry because uh, the internet is quite bad here. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, we can okay. maybe we can go back to you later when the internet. Okay, but- 
Oh, okay. I heard That's him okay. Great, but, but yeah, let's, we'll, we'll come back to you, Andy, again. Thank you. I'm really excited to hear your insights. I see next John Cavendish. John, do you want to give us a quick intro yourself and what you do? Sure. I don't know if you can see me, but I'm John. So I'm actually coming to you from Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. So yeah, all, all in Asia, just in different areas. Um, I run a service called uh, Seller Candy. And what we do is we support Amazon sellers by providing them with expert virtual assistants that they have access to at any point. Actually, Mike's a client of ours. And yeah, we've yeah, I'm a, happy, last few months. I'm a happy customer. He's helping us with our Amazon. Yeah, your team is great too. I know. Thanks. Oh, thank you. We got, I think I'll yeah. on your testimonials. So, so yeah, I mean, basically, even though I have an amazing team like Jan and Camille, uh, it just makes, I sleep better at night just having like seller candy or, or somebody just, all they do is seller central because. Oh no, we lost Mike. So uh, I, oh, yeah. He was pitching me so well. That's a China thing. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. But let's, let's keep moving forward. Let's keep moving forward. Is Yelena here? Yelena, do you want to introduce yourself? Thank you, John. Yeah, she's here, but I, I think she has a bad connection. Let's just keep going until we find somebody that has an okay connection. Sure. Okay, Luciano, <laughs> do you want to go up now? Hello. <laughs> Hi, Luciano. Hi. Good hey, night, Luciana. good morning, hey. good afternoon for everyone in the world around. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Luciano. I'm <laughs> how God <I> doing? <laughs> I've been in I've been in China in the last four years, around four years, working with e-commerce. Like my job basically is help the Chinese brand e-commerce, a little bit of everything. I understand a lot about uh, industrial design, graphic design, branding, packaging, and so on, and how to uh, make all these things uh, together for for the e-commerce marketplace. So I've been working with e-commerce brands. The senior year is it just internet? I say it's working okay. So I've been doing that, and now I'm living in Shenzhen, partner of a company called Be Kind. is a is a mix like foreign Chinese company, and and we we build this brand Be Kind for that we do basically we do hair hair products like hair straightener, flat irons, and we redesign all these products and rebrand them and and sell it online and. And oh, I didn't mention that I'm a Brazilian <laughs> guy here. <laughs> yeah. So okay, great. Thanks, Luciano. It's great. It's really great. I mean, branding is expect is especially important today in today's world. Susan, yeah. would you like to? In let's move along to Susan. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi. <laughs> Hi there. My name is Susan Flola. I am CEO and founder of Jubex Limited. So basically we offer a service where we act as a financial intermediary between ideas and startups. We match them to cross-functional expertise and investment in a two-sided marketplace. And we create a robust, secure ledger using um, blockchain, artificial intelligence, and um, automated tools to make sure that the effort tracking and the communications done on the platform are able to be you know, seen over a period of time. So you'll be able to actually allocate 
and uh, locate where you know um, activities were done between uh, collaboration and investment activity. So I'm really happy to be here today with the cross-border matchmaker event. And you know, it's all about cross-border payments going forward. So yeah, really happy to be here. Thank you. For sure. Thank you, Susan, for coming. I see Elena's camera video. It's nice yeah, background. Yeah, I think it's good now. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Christian. I'm based now in Chile. I'm from Chile. But I've been living in Czech Republic for almost 10 years. Uh, I've been helping a European company sell products in Latin America, main tech company connected with software and, and this kind of stuff. I have the chance to help those companies from the offline and online uh, angle because uh, B2B and B2C sector. So this is basically the, uh, one of my expertise. The, I had the chance to travel around Latin America, from Mexico to Argentina, even Brazil, Chile, and so on. And the main time, I've been dealing with more than 80 million people, but any e-commerce, pure e-commerce. So if you have any question great. connected with Latin America, just let me know. <laughs> That's great. Thank, Thank you. you Thank that. you, Christian. Thank you. I see Catherine here. I don't know. So let's keep moving forward. So of course, COVID, you know, Andy's right in quarantine right now. And, uh, you know, you know, Susan's in blockchain and what, what are some things you've seen? I mean, over the last, the last year or plus now, like what's some big milestones you've seen Andy in the, ch in the changing environment on e-commerce? Okay. We have, uh, I mean, what I've realized over the last one year is that sellers are united even much more than ever because of the issue of uh, of the um, offline events and everything. Um, sellers are getting together in many different kind of platforms, like you know, even the latest like Clubhouse, you know, in Telegram groups, uh, Facebook groups, and they are getting stronger and stronger. And once more information can be uh, just instantly um, spread, uh, and it could be a good news, could be good news. But it has caused a lot of uh, panic sometimes in terms of and I see a topic is sellers are very panicked nowadays because of the uh, pandemic. Many of them have lost their job, they are just selling basically online on e-commerce. Uh, and a small thing can just lead to a very big thing, just many seconds, very, very fast. And um, I think in the long run, information will be a key factor in, in the uh, e-commerce selling in the future, where everyone will be relying on uh, information that sometimes we do not know whether is it real or is it fake. So guys, uh, do be careful as well. So this is what I see now. Thank you. Got it. Thank you, Andy. Thank you for that insights. Yeah, I mean, uh, some people will do whatever it takes to make, to make money and make ends meet, you know, <laughs> especially in a... Drastic times like now, Susan. What what have you seen? You're a little bit in a different space on the blockchain side. What what are some trends or changes you have been noticing the last year in digital marketing? Well, I would say that when it comes to cross border payments, so 
we can see there will be a need in terms of you know investments um, in the innovation market space. Uh, according to the Bank of England, the importance of cross-border payments has increased internationally in regards to mobility of goods and services, as well as capital and people, which has further contributed to a vast growth in emerging economies. So the value of actual cross-border payments is estimated to increase by almost 150 trillion um, to over 250 trillion in 2027. So as you can see, that's you know mark, marked difference in terms of uh, comparability. It's more in regards to the move to digital. Obviously, we all know that you know the internet was the first uh, boom for the digital age, but now we see a lot of ecosystems being built and these ecosystems are leveraging against banks as well as uh, government uh, protocols that we have in place. So today in digital payments, um, because of the rapid speed that these products are um, designed and they they simplify they're simplified and enhance the user experience they add a dynamic functionality the transparency is actually a secondary feature that is integrated to provide security in an innovative solution in terms of like the early beta stages so post uh, and also post launch of the product um, without enough connected possibilities one is also left on the internet links and platforms that are admin um, and um, intensive and value is not visible from the outset. So this is really crucial in terms of building new products and solutions going forward about making sure that the connectivity factor is really simplified and also in terms of, you know, the payments, they are facilitated, you know, at, at vast speed. Okay, thank you. John, do you want to give us some insights? You know, you work with, you know, Seller Candy and with a lot of sellers. What have you seen change in the last year with marketing? You know, I mean, it's a huge question. Like, you know, what would see some 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 trends or some insights that sellers can learn? Yeah, so it was interesting, wasn't it, at the start of COVID? Because it seems like a long time ago now, the year ago when we were all like, Facebook ad costs like crashed through the floor, didn't they? And everyone was like, we can buy traffic so cheap, but no one was spending any money because everyone was worried about running out of stock. Immediately after that, we hit the whole... You know, Amazon can't take any stock. Amazon went crazy. It was so busy. Warehouses were closed. Nobody could actually get their stock in. And we had so many issues to deal with, with basically stock shipments and people who couldn't put that overstock into the warehouse. And even now, everyone's being hit with the you know, massive you know, IPI score limits, then the, the whole account limits rather than the SKU level limits. And everyone's getting stuck, basically, and looking for 3PLs. So, I mean, that's not a marketing thing, but everyone has moved to 3PLs in the last year. Everyone started using them. Everyone needs to use them, as Mike's found out as well. Like It's such a pain yeah. having to deal with Amazon at the moment. And also, Amazon support has gone gone like super downhill in the last year because they've changed their strategy and they want to in-house everything rather than use it through BPOs in the Philippines. So they're moving in-house in the Philippines, which is really messing up their support system right now. I mean, in terms Great. of digital marketing, like you know, we just see marketing spend on the Amazon platform. So it's not something really outside that I can I can talk about apart from yeah. Facebook costs and how much we were spending at the start. That's no, that's, that's good insights. I mean, that's what we just want to hear some good insights like that and, and your own perspective. Luciano, you're, you're in the branding space, you're a seller in China. What are you, what are you no noticing in the changes, you know, in the last year, is it up, down, you know, what are some insights you'd like to share? From a marketing standpoint, digital marketing standpoint or yeah, I think I think like branding, branding now. Turns turns out that I think in the last year, I think that branding and and design become more and more important 
for Amazon sellers specifically, I can say that because I'm one of them. And and one of the reasons that is that the, those old tactics tactics like buying reviews and things like that that some sellers do are like a lot harder and harder to to do and 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 be successful. I want to build a reliable uh, brand and a reliable company. I think this branding is everything now. Like customers are paying more attention to that. And and okay, I would totally agree. I mean, how? So what's the question? How do we deal with that product? Like that. So. Yes. I, I'm not particularly, you know, experienced in that, but, but I can share some of the things I have done with that product, depending on the year, financial year, you can, from accounting perspective, you can make a loss adjustment because, for example, let me take an example for the current PPE. If your purchasing price is a lot higher than the current market price, you can make an adjustment on the stock value at the end of financial period. So that may um, create an immediate loss in your stock level, which the loss will be carried forward for the next financial year. So that's one way of looking at it. The next time, um, the next element is about how you trying to move those stocks. I try to just, I, I'm trying at the moment is running a charity event, raising funds for a charity to sell the stock at a market price and whatever the profit I make, I donate that profit to the charity. So that's a way of recovering that particular loss. And that's what I'm trying, but I'm not, you know, I haven't showing any results so far that that's what that's one way of trying. And the other is, I think potentially you can use as a loss lead to talking to a customer. So you might be want to give them to them at a very, uh, reasonable price or even giveaways uh, promotion to create that relationship and then in future you might be able to sell something to them as a way of you know a, a goodwill and gesture i haven't tried that that's just something i i thought of now as you guys are asking the question but i also think the other way is looking outside your current market because a product may be dead in your own market doesn't necessarily mean there's no demand for it in a different market. With COVID, it might be, you know, there's seasonality and also geographic location. There's certain country, um, perhaps COVID is curbing. There's not a lot of a virus showing up, but there are other country, they're growing and they, they much need it. And from a, a health perspective, I've got somebody knocking on my door, it's really weird. So I guess maybe looking to a different market to see See where it is and and also the last thing could possibly be having an alternative use of your your product because a certain product may be have a use say for cold or protecting the virus but it might be some other use for a different industry sector as well which isn't covid dependent for example the mask you might be protecting yourself for virus but it's in also in the in uh, for example construction industry it's also protecting the airway not to breathe into small micro particles to protecting the lungs so that's all seasonal and uh, giving the construction industry is booming for repairs all of that and that should see demand in the area as well so that's okay. a few things to share thanks thanks catherine that was a lot of a lot of great insights i know andy's always got some smart ideas too about how to handle with issues with you know Amazon or e-commerce. So Andy, what would you what are your, some of your tips? I think I'm quite fortunate that in my portfolio I do not have any product that is uh, COVID uh, affected that is not selling. But if you would ask me if I have a product that is actually gonna be um, 
a date product during this period of time, I will believe that keyword and category will be the most important factor. A lot of my students or uh, people who have heard my um, some of my presentation before, one of my very famous uh, very famous product is actually one of the uh, hand, handphone holder. So the handphone holder is you know basically just a, a holder that you click on the table to hold the handphone. Right? How many people are selling it to the uh, handphone accessories? Uh, what I did was I actually changed it to uh, change the category to babies, babies category, and I actually sell it as a stroller uh, handphone holder. And you know I have a picture of the baby, you know, keeping the phone and everything. And I sell in that area, and my price can be very high together with some freebies, uh, bundle that is uh, related to children's stuff. But I believe that, you know, uh, if traveling is um, some of the keywords will change to something that can match um, a, a new category, uh, a new way of using the product and etc. so that um, the product will not be dead during this period of time, okay? But I will say that, you know, um, although that, you know, uh, some of the product could be dead now, I would suggest that you do not, what I would suggest that you can actually open a bit variation rather than changing the keyword of listing. Because your listing is doing well again, you know, once this COVID uh, pandemic is over. So I would suggest you open a new variation. Rather like do a testing, like, you know, uh, this could be for, and do a do variation and see how it goes. Okay, and when you do the PPC everything also, do testing. A-B testing and testing is very, very important, uh, etc. So this is one of the ideas that I can come up with. Thank you. That's really good. Thank you so much, Andy. That was really helpful. Okay. I think Jan put a question, uh, again, for Andy, but I think others can also answer. But maybe if Andy wants to add, I know he just gave a great answer already, but diversification, you know, how, you know, maybe, maybe they did have a dead product, but, I mean, how could people diversify the risk in these troubling times generally. Maybe that could be for both for uh maybe Andy if you have some add and then go to John, but there's a little bit of feedback somewhere. You're asking uh, what are the new ways people can earn money or diversify their risk doing e-commerce. As a matter of fact, you know, for the last uh, one and a half year because of COVID-19, uh, I must thank the pandemic. Because of this why I actually invested in a shipping company in China. So now I own a shipping company in China, and also I do have a fulfillment center now in the US and also UK. Uh, but if there was no pandemic, right, you would have never forced me to do something like this. Okay, and uh, I really want to thank the uh, pandemic for forcing me to do something like this. And uh, now I'm actually diversifying my money into all these things. And of course, uh, whatever money I make in e-commerce, I'm also diversifying in uh, other things like properties and uh, also other businesses as well. I mean, that's for me. I'm not sure for the rest of you guys uh, what do you do, uh, but that's how I diversify my research. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Andy. Uh, how about how about John? I mean, what are your thoughts about diversification? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think I, I liked Andy's answer because his answer really alluded to my belief, which is like in business, unless you're making loads of money, and by loads of money, I mean you know something that's driving you like, wow, I'm making so much money, then diversification is not for you. I think business is all about being as focused as humanly possible on the one thing that is to make to grow as big as possible, as quickly as possible, make as much money as possible. And then diversifications for our investments outside of business. 
so that we can spread our risk and continue to grow our capital and grow our money without having to worry about it because we're focusing so much on the one thing. We're diversified all of our other investments into real estate, stocks, bit of crypto. Don't go so far deep into everything that you're worried every night that your entire portfolio is going to collapse because one thing changes. And that's how I sleep at night personally anyway. And then I focus on my business and I make as much money as possible while also serving as many people and you know, helping as many people as possible. Awesome. Thank you. Can I, can I sound him? <laughs> yeah, please, Christian. Yeah, I think that the, uh, today in e-commerce, there are so many companies selling online. I think that a good strategy is put focus on the customer, get close to the customer to have a clear picture that they need because diversification is to have the chance to sell different things, but a specific target. If you get close to the customer, it's something with the pandemic. Maybe you are not selling, for example, uh, television, but you know that your customer needs something different. Maybe computer at home for home office, right? Because they can sell computer and not television. What is the key here is basically to get close with a good content and good understanding of your clients, because basically the money isn't with the to have a clear picture what needs your client, not basically which product you can sell. It's the other way around. Because today you can, I mean, basically you cannot recycle your client. You have to get close to the client and the client will give you idea what you can sell them. So for example, you can pass from different situation before COVID, during COVID, after COVID, but the client will change their, their needs. And you have to have a kind of continuously understanding what need they have. You can then provide them with a specific product or services. This is basically you can diversify the risk, getting more close with the client needs. Makes sense. Yeah, know, know your customer, understand your community, your users. Exactly. Thank you, Christian. Luciano, do you have insights about diversifying? Okay, okay. This is, I, I want to say I really agree with John's perspective that diversification for business is one thing and diversification for investment is another thing. And, and being as much focused as you, you can on business is great. But at the same time, if you can sell your products in multiple channels to, to be less uh, dependent on them is a, is a, good, a good idea. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I, I think, Susan, you're in blockchain, and I think we want to at least cover a little bit about blockchain on this panel, about your, some of your insights or how people in e-commerce and digital marketing can, can start to participate or what opportunities they can see in blockchain. I don't know if you'd like to share some insights okay great Thanks, so um, i like the fact that somebody actually commented in the chats about nfts non-fungible tokens and how you can actually sell your art digitally across the world so you can actually sell parts of your art as a tokenized fiscal um, element of your art and this helps to actually obviously spread art wherever you wherever you're based and actually uh, be able to create the same value so it's something that is actually new on the market, but also obviously blockchain in terms of digital currencies and actually creating digital currencies that can actually facilitate cross-border markets is something that is really, really big at the moment and something that the banks are looking at. So what blockchain offers is um, a sense of transparency. So from a provenance uh, value in terms of um, Credential, uh, credentializing IDs, passports, health. This is something that could be done via the blockchain system. Also, 
there's another form of the blockchain which is called decentralized finance so in terms of decentralized finance that's where cross-border payments would actually be the most useful and actually offer you know obviously the transparency factor as well as the immutability factor so when the transactions are made they are actually made via a public key and then the uh, there will be two private uh, keys that are the output so those private keys will actually facilitate the transactions so those people that are involved in the transactions will have the private keys to access that particular transactional transactional activity so blockchain is something that is really like you know is fun and exciting very inclusive so it also offers offers the benefits of unbiased collaborative activities so if you can imagine obviously a lot of communities are growing from the blockchain space and these communities are really growing in leverage and they are actually becoming the new armies that will actually maybe outdo the financial banks in future if these uh, networks become quite big and quite large in size. So yeah, definitely, um, you know, if you're looking at uh, building on the blockchain space, just remember that there is a, a hefty capital uh, resource um, allocated from the outset. So in terms of legalities and, regula and reg regulations, you have to have that capital there to facilitate that. So uh, definitely make sure you check out all of that prior to uh, starting your blockchain project, because I wouldn't want you to uh, bash your nose into any of the extensive um, bills that come with uh, blockchain projects. Okay, thank you, Susan. Yeah, I'm glad to have it. So you'll be here for the tables, right? So people can go to your table if they like to ask. I know there's some people in the chats asking about NFTs and blockchains. So I think yeah, we're, just, we're still mostly on track. We're a little bit, a little bit over our normal time for this panel. So hope, I think everybody got to know the different speakers today on this panel. We're gonna go back to table mode. I think a lot of people like the table mode. This is a chance where you could focus on some of the speakers you've seen. We're going to have the names on the tables, and that'll be about about 40 minutes or so. And then we'll come back for our third and final panel of this session at about in about 40, 40 minutes. Thank you. Thank you, panelists and speakers. All right. So there we go. That was panel two of cross, our first online cross-border matchmaker. And Jen was there, too, helping out, making things happen. It was cool, huh? Yeah, Matt, it, it was very great to hear important details, experiences, insights from our net, network of experts from different um, parts of the world. You know, we have that we have experts around the globe. So I think this is a great um, content for our podcast today. It's great. It's totally great. And so we're already, you know, we got great feedback about the first one. We collect, you helped also collect some feedback. I collected feedback. So we're planning to do the next one in September. I don't think we have a date yet. So people can stay stay tuned or of course, subscribe to our newsletter at globalformation.com slash subscribe. But we have something I think really exciting in between. Do you want to give a quick overview and then I can give some ideas too? Yeah, we have, we are happy to announce the bootcamp that is happening in July to August and then September will be this cross-border matchmaker, of course. But for the bootcamp, we have the bootcamp participants who are new to the industry. It doesn't, doesn't have to be new businesses. Of course, we have participants who have existing businesses who wants to, to enhance 
or make their products and services business even better. You know, that's the ultimate goal of the the boot camp that we have arranged in this um, very spe- special program. And it is ha- somehow connected to CBM, of course, because the CBM would be like the demo day for the participants. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we've been, you know, like everybody, we're readjusting our our community, our 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 membership, our events to be online. So one, yeah, with with that is this new initiative of the online boot camp. We actually were thinking about doing this in person years ago, in uh, but now we're moving it to online. And like you just said, Jan, it'll be two months program, and we're currently talking to some amazing experts in our network, which is our really our our big big value. And month one is phase one, which will be more like uh, knowledge sharing, right? Like we have, people can check at bootcamp.globalformasia.com. It's a full site. But uh, the first sessions, first month is more like learning on different topics from the experts. So people can get some good knowledge and and inspiration for their business. And then phase two, which I think will be really unique, is more the roundtables with different experts that can share on their experiences to help these bootcamp participants, right? Right. This is going to be a, an awesome experience for the startups as well as the existing businesses. So we hope to, you know, to succeed in this program and have more p- participants. And of course, you are if you are um, interested to become a mentor, we also welcome mentors as we want to expand our network and. I think that one of you guys can join the this initiative and you can share your thoughts and insights with the participants. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Great. It's great. Yeah, so we're 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 and of course we take care of our GFA VIP members. You know, we we give them pri- priority treatments in the program to either be a participant or a mentor. And and like you had said earlier, we're gonna actually connect bridge the boot camp to the next CBM. So people that want to maybe share what they've been doing during the bootcamp in their business, what maybe they want to expand to Asia market, or they want to do a new uh, product line or a new product launch, we'll give them a platform at the CBM. Like you said, like a demo day or a panel session, a booth, a virtual booth. So the idea is we'll really get to help give them that extra extra eyeballs, extra exposure to their their new expansion on their business. So it's, I, and then it's really exciting. And then it's really, cause that's what we're trying to do is build this safe, supportive community of people to connect with each other and make some business, business deals. Right. And one more thing, Mike, we, for the, this is going to be very exciting for the mentors, for the interested mentors as we are offering free um, CBM sponsorship. We don't usually do this, Mike, and this usually costs a lot. So if you become a mentor and you join two sessions of roundtables during the month of August, we will grant you a free promotional benefit. And this, this will vary from each mentor that we have. So... You, if you would like to connect with us, you can email us at support at globalformation.com. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks, Jen. Yeah. We love to, we want to make this win win for everybody and make this a, a way to make more business and uh, marketing experiences for everybody. So 
I think that's that's it for today, Jen. It's it's great to have you helping out with the the show and the community. I really want to thank you. You're welcome. I really like to give back to the community and all that they do for us too. True. true. So thank you for having me always here, Mike. Okay, great. All right, thanks, and see you guys uh, and girls next week or next session, two weeks maybe. <laughs> thanks. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.